Staining it live with Rita Steele on 95BFM. I'm good. Just made it official. There we go, Rita. We are ready for our weekly dose of sustainability. Uh, what's on the cards this evening? Well, it was pretty hard to not be talking about today's emissions um, target that has been announced in the budget to go alongside it. So the targets were all announced last week and the budget came out today. Has your feed been as full of full of um, announcements as mine has been? Or I haven't seen a whisper. I haven't seen anything about... Oh, wow. Okay. Tell me about it, Rita. I know you're in an echo chamber when. Uh, unpack it. <laughs> unpack it for me. Cool. So, um, look, um, you know, we all know we've got this ridiculously um, ambitious target uh, to reach in order to save our uh, future of our species, um, which if most people are a little bit like me, have moments where I wonder whether we need saving or not, um, or we should be saved or not. But um, basically, if, if you don't know by now, uh, we really need to keep the global temperature under 1.5 degrees on average to, to have sort of any sort of shot at, at, at kind of prosperity, I guess. Um, and two degrees um, and above, it, we're looking at things being pretty dire for, for our children and their children um, and the multitude of species on the earth. So um, how we get there has been something that has been talked about for decades now. <laughs> it's probably safe to say. Um, and and in the meantime, our carbon emissions or our greenhouse gas emissions have just been creeping up. So we've been talking about it since about 1990, and um, and since then we're actually almost 30% higher in our emissions. So things, and, and that's pretty standard globally, to be honest. Um, so things, um, you know, are, are going in the wrong direction. And I don't know, most people should also know that Jacinda Ardern, when she did get into government, did stand up and say that um, carbon emissions and, uh, and climate change is going to be um, this generation's nuclear moment and a lot of us environmentalists rolled our eyes um, and when I first saw this plan I do have to say I was a bit disappointed and rolled my eyes because there is some things in here that are problematic but the deeper I've been diving into it the more I'm realising that they've actually done a pretty good job of identifying problem spots and going after them. So basically what they've done is they've broken this... So they've set a goal of net zero emissions by 2050, and then they've broken that into budgets. So they've announced the first three budgets, um, and they they sort of last... Um, and that takes us right to 2035. And they kind of have us scaling down our emissions. So the first budget, um, 2022 to 2025... Uh, allows us to release about 72 megatons across the three year, each year, for so the three years, um, which is about 5% down annually um, on what was expected. Um, and then increasingly, we get down to about 36% decrease by 2035, which would then take us back to about 1990 levels. And then those following 15 years, we would be trying to target net zero. So for the first time, I went, okay, those budgets look like Potentially, you know, we've got some numbers now, so that's great. We're going in the right direction. Um, and then today's announcement, um, so those, those budgets got announced last week, the, the, the targets, I guess. Um, and then today what they did was they announced the first lot of um, spending that would go to support that. The spending of $2.9 billion, which is only up marginally on what we've been spending on this in the last couple of years. So the last couple of years we've been spending about $2.4 billion. Um, but it's much more targeted than it's been in the past. 
and additional to this is the money that will come from polluters, so your high emissions um, users through the emission trading scheme. So is, they reckon is, is, uh, is slapping a tax on something really going to reduce emissions, Rita? Uh, uh, no, um, but it becomes uh, an economic decision that hasn't had to have been considered for producers in the past. So um, if you produce something that has a high emission and it's cheap to do so, uh, you will continue to do it. If you, if all of a sudden it becomes a little bit more expensive to do, you might start looking at alternatives or new technology. To Is this going to affect people that import stuff from overseas that may not be so good for the environment? <clears throat> Is that going to be uh, factored, into, factored into it, or is it just local manufacturers manufacturing stuff or producing stuff there, on NZ soil? Yeah, there will be some um, emissions um, costs there, um, taxes there for your shipping, mm. but what is produced overseas, we don't have any control over, and the emissions okay. that come from that. And so you're correct in saying that we still have a big job globally. And I think that this is something that a lot of people argue um, regularly. They say things like, oh, you know, why should we have to do all this stuff when, you know, you've got China and India who are the biggest polluters. Mm. And what we have to remember is although we're small, people do, countries do look to us because we have made stands against, the, you know, up, up against some, some big players in the world. Um, we can show that people, that, that we can do it. And we are per capita a very high emissions country. So mm. we um, burn through about thirty, uh, sorry, three times more our allocation if we were going to look at it that way. So yes, we're tiny, um, but it, we use three times more um, what would have been budgeted to us, budgeted to us naturally if we went per capita around the world. So we can, and also we're in a really great position that we can do this because of things that because we've got great natural resources. We've got we've got sun, we've got wind, we've got rain. You know, so we are a lucky country in that regard. So I think um, I think you know the I, have, I guess I haven't been this positive about meeting targets in a long time, which says a lot because I'm a pretty I'm pretty you know scathing of a lot of this stuff. So. Um, yeah, and, and I think when you read it initially, so I'll read out some of the things. The biggest piece that they're doing here in this carbon budget is that they're really about, this budget's really about decarbonising our transport. So a big shift to EV, a big shift to improving our um, road, our cycling and our um, and our walkways. Um, and that's the stuff I roll my eyes at. What do, you, right? what do you think about the big stink that was kicked up? around the extra $300 million or whatever it was going to improving cycleways around Tamaki Makoto? What do you think? I mean... Look, I think... I, I, you know, it's, it's it's bizarre to me because, you know, you talk to anyone that's lived overseas and biking, especially in Europe, is very much so a part of life. And mm. I think that, um, you know, safety is the number one concern for people when it comes to why they don't bike. Um, so I think that... Well, you, you can't know what you don't know, I guess. And I think, you know, there's other countries doing this really well. So it must be, there must be something in it, right? <laughs> um, and I think improving our cycleways, I mean, 300 million also isn't a lot of money. Yeah, it's a drop in the ocean, right? We're talking right? about this stuff. I quite, yeah. I quite enjoy, you know, people, 
I mean, I don't enjoy it, but it's a shame to see so many people online going, but Auckland's so hilly. It's not that hilly. You know, most of the hills around town are pretty rolling and pretty gentle and actually not that hard to um, cruise up on a bike. Yeah, and there's, um, like, those bikes that you can kick in some power, mm, right? An e-bike, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, and so there's money set aside for those bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really interesting stuff. So, like I say, I kind of, I, I rolled about some of this stuff because I was like, oh, getting people on bikes. And absolutely, we need to invest in infrastructure. So there were some great suggestions about things like bike storage and having, you know, coffee shops, bike storage with coffee shops and showers and places to put your equipment and stuff. So that infrastructure needs to be built as well. But this target, this does put money aside for that, which is just fantastic. And pretty quickly too, which is awesome. And there's some really cool stuff in there. So um, for low-income families, they're going to give them a financial incentive to scrap their old cars um, and buy a low-emissions vehicle. But And that was kind of like, okay, cool, uh, can they afford it? The one that I saw that I was just like, this is fantastic, is... Um, they're trialling some community um, lease vehicles, which means that if you're in a, um, they never said they were low income, but it, to me it makes so much sense for low income communities to have a couple of lease vehicles that they can use communally. Because to me, you know, I grew up um, with a solar mum and our biggest problem was the car. It would always break down. Mm. So I kind of look at, I look at it and I go, what a fantastic opportunity. You don't need to own a car. And that's not just for low-income families. That's for everyone. Like, we don't have to have, my family, we don't have to have two cars. I, we just sometimes need two cars, you know? So to have an ability to be able to borrow a vehicle for an hour here or a couple of hours there, I mean, it's just, that's how we're going to get there. It's a massive shift in the way of thinking, but equally it will save, especially some of these low-income families, a lot of money because they're not having to pay the upkeep, the the registrations, the insurances that come with owning vehicles. So that got me really excited, um, and it was just a completely different way of thinking about things. Is that shift from ownership of a vehicle to, to leasing was like, yeah, cool. Um, curbside food scrap collection, um, which is a no-brainer. Um, there was, uh, we know about the, uh, the cycleways and walking. Um, they want to do 100 kilometres of urban cycleways. Uh, they're decarbonising the public transport uh, network of buses. Um, and they want to um, decarbonise freight by about 35%, I think was the number I saw. Um, massive money put aside for EV, improving EV charging infrastructure. Um, and there's more public transport announcements in the actual budget that's coming as well. I think it's next week. Um, so that's obviously going to be a big announcement if they've held that back. So um, watch out for maybe half price public transport sticking around or something like that, which would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Does anyone like know the numbers on public transport? Obviously, we've had a couple of weeks now of half-price public transport. Does anyone out there, you can text through 5395, has there been a big upswing in people catching the bus or catching the train? Or just even a visual, uh, if anyone has been on the train and noticed I have people? I the um, trains have been back to, to, to pre-COVID levels during peak time, but I, don't, I haven't seen that, and I think I just read it on a forum somewhere, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting okay. to hear. Um, I've been working from home, so I've been very, very lucky. Um, some improvements to insulation standards and uh, money to help people insulate their houses. Um, also shifting away from um, fossil fuel reliance um, and coal burners and that sort of thing. So I guess, 
I guess, really, there's some really exciting things in there. And when you, like, when I first read it, I, like I say, I rolled my eyes. But the more I dug into it, the more I realised that they had broken, they had approached it very smartly. They'd gone, here's our strategy, here's our target. We need to find the most missing parts of, of, of things and the lowest hanging fruit and attack those first with targeted money and, and lots of trials to make sure it works before throwing the, the money at it. And um, lo- oh, didn't mention, but lots around forestry and, and investing in forestry. Mm-hmm. Where, of course, it got lost, where, where it lost me a little bit, and we can't fault this because this is way back in the planning, but farming is excluded, and that's 50% of our overall emissions. Mm. So that's, but it's also like the big elephant in the room. How do we shift New Zealand's economy from being so heavily reliant on such a high emitting um Industry, without you know losing out globally from it, from our you know from the economic benefits it brings. So it is a it is a tricky one, and they've thrown a whole lot of money at um, um, innovation and research. So I think they've kind of kicked that can down the road, um, and let's just see how we because that's going to be the tricky one. You know, I think I think that's going to be a real problem for us because mm-hmm. I can't see a world where we fix, you know, natural biology of cows, really. For sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's a, it's, um, one of the things that I saw in the, you know, it's like, what, what can we do? Um, one of the goals that they had was to reduce private vehicle use by 20%, and I thought, you know, well, we can all take part in that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you used to drive your vehicle, you know, five days a week, think about, you know, catching public transport once or, mm-hmm. or ride-sharing or biking or... Once a week, you know. Tw- I mean, there's a. I like it when they have these goals on things because it's it means kind of an easy one, isn't it? <clears throat> it's like going veget- it vegetarian three nights a week, or you know, <clears throat> getting absolutely. some exercise. How good is that? It's good for the good for the mind and good for the body. Absolutely, absolutely. So I just, um, you know, I, I think I. I know these conversations can be a little bit um, depressing, and there is a big global problem with emissions that we can't fight, but we can show we can show mm. countries the way, and this is a very smart um, way of going about it. It chunks down into three years. Mm. You know, just like the plastic bags, we might be like, oh, so oh, easy. God, that was easy. Things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then next, I remember the outcry, especially from the Australians. Um, <laughs> I remember watching a whole YouTube like, montage of Australians that were refusing to do it, and now it's just totally normal. Mm. So, yeah. you know, we, I, I have faith that maybe we could do this. Excellent. All right, Rita, uh, thank you for another excellent edition of Sustaining Alive. If people want to find out more, is there like a place you could steer them toward? Oh, God. Um, uh, yes, the, the official document on the environment, Street for Environment, um, quite heavy. But honestly, um, keep an eye out for things like spin-off. Or, I mean, some, the, the, the mainstream media has got some pretty good um you know, very basic captures of them, of what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the Ministry uh, for the Environment is, is the best source of information. Um, and also be watching for the big budget. There will be a big public transport announcement in that too. All right. Hey, thank you very much. We'll catch you next week, mate. Have a great week. Bye. See ya. That was Sustaining Alive with Rita Steele on 95BFM.